0: This is We Are Netflix, Netflix employees talking about work and life at Netflix. A
1: joke will start on TikTok, and then the moment that it hits Instagram or Twitter, it becomes dead to the TikTok world. So by the time everybody else in the world is saying, like, stimmy for stimulus check, TikTok has moved on and is calling her Stimberly. <laughs>
2: In the last year, TikTok has exploded in the popular culture. With so many stuck at home, sharing videos has been both a welcome distraction and an opportunity for self-expression and creativity. Netflix has been active on TikTok since 2019. But over the last year, our TikTok following grew by 10.5 million people, more than any other brand. And being a brand on TikTok can be tricky. The TikTok community skews younger, moves fast, and emphasizes spontaneous, authentic expression. I'm Lyle Troxell, and on this episode of We Are Netflix, we're talking about how Netflix uses TikTok around the world. I spoke with three account managers from the United States, the UK, and Latin America.
1: Hi, I'm Kelly King, and I am a manager for editorial and publishing in the UCAN region.
3: My name is Gina Moore Barrett. I am a manager within editorial and publishing in the UK.
0: And I'm Jimena Gomez. I'm an editorial manager for EMP in Latin.
2: We chat about how they use TikTok to engage with fans or our movies and TV shows. The first thing I wanted to know was simply, why is Netflix on TikTok in the first
3: place? That's a really great question. I think that the way that we tackle our social media presence in general on different platforms is going to the places where we know that we can best reach fans and the Netflix community, if you will. And TikTok is just one of the places where... It's so obvious that fans are so engaged and are excited that Netflix is there, are, are excited to talk about our shows. And so in terms of engaging in that conversation, to me, it's a natural fit that Netflix would be on TikTok. So I'd probably say that's why, that's why Netflix is there. We like to go where all the cool people are. Kelly, how long has Netflix been on TikTok?
1: So I started the Netflix TikTok account in 2019 and it actually was the result of a meme that was popping online. So and I totally want to fully acknowledge that describing memes and describing TikToks it is probably like the worst way to experience it so I'm going to do the best that I can. But Basically, there was a meme going around from the show H2O Just Add Water, where people were parodying the characters from that show who turn into mermaids anytime they get wet, even with condensation. And so one of our writers in our editorial writers' room brought the trend to us, and we said, we have to recreate it, So we recreated it and we posted it on TikTok because that is where the meme was happening. And so that's truly why we started the TikTok was just because of this H2O just Add water meme.
2: Okay, so when you did the first meme, we had no structure. You made an account, started that working out. And was it received well on TikTok? Did it seem like a good hit?
1: Yeah, I think it got like 20,000 likes. That felt really cool and good, but we didn't really have much of a barometer for success for brands. And I think ultimately when we decided to start programming against it more seriously, it was... When we started to find some data that really said that there's a different audience on TikTok that isn't necessarily on other social platforms. So even though we started there because of a meme, uh, we definitely have a little bit more of a, we backed into a little bit more of a strategic reason to continue and grow our presence there.
2: And what's that strategic reason?
1: That there is a different audience uh, on TikTok. So it is a slightly younger audience than Instagram, much more Gen Z focused. There is not a ton of overlap or as much overlap as you would necessarily expect between TikTok and other social platforms. So that's why we thought it was important for Netflix to be there.
2: So what does it look like now? What does the team look like? How is things structured now for TikTok, for Netflix?
1: Well, I think this is a a great time for Jimena to chime in. Um, So we started out with just the Netflix TikTok, and now there are many, many more. Yeah,
2: Jimena, which one do you run?
1: I
0: run the Netflix and Espanol account, which is our LATAM-based account that caters to Spanish-speaking audiences throughout LATAM. So basically all of Latin America except Brazil. And I think just going a little bit back to what Kelly and you were saying, it's not just that there's a specific audience in there that is so interesting for us to reach, but also the type of content that we produce. Like it would be impossible to share a Facebook post as is in TikTok. Like it's such a different format and language and rhythm that it also kind of helps us reach a new audience, but also in a new way, which I think it's super fun and has us started to think about trailers in a different way, about now streaming tactics. What does that asset like that look on TikTok? Which is super fun because it also kind of forces to expand how we communicate just regular beats and titles. So Kelly was the pioneer and brought us all into the, into the TikTok world. And then I think I was second, the second account, we opened like 11 months ago. And then the next one would be Brazil. And then Germany. And now it's Spain, has an account as well. And a few more are, are coming.
2: Gina, what is your role when it comes to Netflix TikTok pages?
3: Yeah, so um, I started posting, or Netflix UK in general, we started posting to the at Netflix TikTok page last June, at the end of June 2020. Kelly was lucky enough and and nice enough to sort of give us the keys and allow us to experiment because you know until then we hadn't done anything on TikTok before and of course with lockdown and things like that it was getting so popular particularly in the UK and it kind of felt like a miss for us not to not to join in on the fun and so I had a conversation with Kelly and in fact we had a few conversations and essentially I was like look can we start posting to this page and we st- just started throwing things at the wall And so that's kind of what we've been doing. My role has been to look after the content that comes from the UK and goes on that at Netflix page. And so now it's become an English speaking TikTok page and myself and Kelly both take turns posting. So it's kind of more like an always on platform because we post in GMT time and then Kelly posts, I think it's PT time for her. And so we have this constant stream of stuff that comes out and I work with a writer and a editor And every day in our Slack room, we're just laughing about TikToks that we've seen, fun things that we can do. It's honestly the most fun that I've had. Like, it's really, really, really fun um, to just be able to be new to a platform and experiment. It's been really cool.
2: Why Why do we do it? Why are we participating there? Does it help people find our shows? Is it only for fans? Like, what's the point of the social for Netflix?
3: I think it's all of those things, honestly. I mean, look, obviously the main goal of doing things is to help people find our shows. But I also think part of, I guess, watching TV shows and having this relation with a brand is feeling like you can trust this brand, right? Like feeling as if when they enter sort of your daily consciousness, like they're speaking authentically, they're as excited about the TV shows that you like as you are. And that, you know, if they've got that sort of presence that you trust, that whatever TV show comes out next, you're like, hmm, I like Netflix, so that's cool. And I really think that our so like social strategy in general, is that's what it's about. And so, yeah, we, of course, use our TikTok to talk about all of the many shows that are out and all of the shows that are popular from Tiger King, where there were tons and tons and tons of challenges, people dressing up as Joe Exotic, people dressing up as all sorts of different people from Netflix shows, but also it's a great way for us to further promote our talent and to have, I guess, close the gap between people who use Netflix and Netflix members and the Netflix talent. Because, you know, if you log on and you see that Joey King from Kissing Booth is in a live for TikTok, you're like, wow, I have direct access to the talent that I know and love. And so promoting the shows, but also bridging the gap between the community and Netflix in general.
2: Yeah. So what are some of the challenges? I mean. The audiences are different, but what what are some other challenges in, in succeeding in this space?
1: I think one of the challenges is is also like TikTok's strength. So Jimena touched on this a little bit. You can't really repurpose content from other platforms directly. And I think that's because TikTok is super raw and unfiltered. As you're looking at the feed, it's mostly users talking to their camera. And because of the way TikTok is structured you're served this kind of never ending feed of video on the for you page. And it's people you don't know. So this, this idea that it has to be, you know, somebody, you know, or stand out from the crowd, kind of like Instagram, it no longer applies. So it's just a totally different animal in that sense, which is actually what makes it so fun as well. So uh, it was definitely learning a whole new way of creating and, and talking to an audience.
0: Yeah. I would also add like, we are not a physical person, especially a few months ago that felt a little bit foreign in the internal feed of actual people doing funny, creative stuff that we don't have that as a brand. And also I would say just the music and the sound and how important both of them are. We have to think about what we are seeing, what we're listening and the intent in terms of format, because it's not just about how we reach and kind of drive the message across, but also how it plays the way that we do it within the language of TikTok and when everything else that is going on. Because TikTok has its own memes, its own structures, its own trends. So you want to feel like you're aligned with that and you're not disrupting the For You page. So I would say not being a person and then also music because, I mean, Kelly can touch on that a bit more. But yeah, that's that's definitely a challenge.
2: Kelly, go ahead. T- touch on that a bit more about music and
1: Yeah, sure. So music is really challenging because as a brand, we are required to license music anytime that we use it on any social platform. TikTok is no exception. So, you know, on TikTok, when you see users doing a dance to the latest Justin Bieber song, or making a certain kind of video to the latest Justin Bieber song. We would love to get in on that, but we would have to, you know, call up Justin Bieber's team and say, Hey, can we use this song? And they would quote us a certain amount of money, often very, very expensive. And a lot of times it just doesn't align with our editorial budgets or timelines. But I know one of my goals this year for the Netflix page is to continue to show up more like a TikToker and to license music to help us take it to the next level.
0: We are also starting to create music. This is something that Brazil started doing and that we are also dipping our toes into because it's it's just a, such an interesting approach to this kind of challenge to create our own songs that feel not like a commercial jingle, that feel like actual trendy, fun songs. So that's going to be super interesting to see how that develops and um, the success we have. Like I, in an ideal world, we will have like a hit song that we created, you know, trending on Spotify or something crazy like that. That would be amazing. But we're baby steps in the sense of creating our own original music.
2: Yeah. Can you h- describe a, a campaign that you're really su- that was successful that you're really proud of, Kelly? Do you want to start?
0: That's a tough one because I'm I'm proud of so much
1: of what we've done.
2: I can I can mention one that I saw that my daughters had explained to me. Sure. <laughs> oh, and that was okay. Yeah, that was a brownie recipe. Do you want to talk about that one? <laughs>
1: So a couple weeks ago, it was just a trend in TikTok comments for users to leave no context that it had nothing to do with the video comment with a brownie recipe. So one of our writers suggested that we take a clip from the Great British Baking Show where they talk about brownies and we share a brownie recipe completely out of context, not saying why we're doing it just as kind of like a nod to those comments and we love doing reactive stuff like that. That's really, really fun.
2: That, that for, for my daughter, that sold like, oh, the Netflix people that are doing TikTok know what they're doing. This was really smart. <laughs> and I'm like, what? It's just a brownie. I don't get it. And of course, it's the whole cultural experience of being on TikTok. Jimena, do you have a, a campaign that you're happy with that you ran? Yeah.
0: I mean, we have done quite a few. One that definitely stands out is the Selena one that we did for our Selena series. And That was super fun. We did a challenge that was online with the You Can Challenge, but had different hashtags, but was a similar dance and tied to the song Como La Flor, which is one of the iconic Selena songs. And with that challenge, we actually achieved the first Guinness World Record that was achieved on TikTok ever, which was super fun. I actually have it in my house, which is weird, but a good conversational piece.
2: (laughs) Let's break that down a little bit. Um, so Selena's song that everybody seems to know, you put forth this idea that everybody would lip sync to it and dance to it. Yeah. How did you promote that? How did you get that out there so people knew about it?
0: Yeah. I mean, TikTok challenges, especially if they're not supported by a media, bio, are super complex to do. It's not easy to get a TikTok challenge going. And it has so much to do with the algorithm and TikTok stuff. So Basically, the the idea was to get the most amount of videos of people lip-syncing to that song uploaded into the platform within an hour. We needed 250 to set the record since it was a brand new record on TikTok because there weren't records achieved on TikTok prior to that. So we had around 300 that passed the record Guinness test. We had a lot more. But Record Guinness had to check that everything in the lip sync was perfect. Like if a little word was on sync, they disqualified a TikTok. So that was a super grilling process. We spent like seven hours reviewing TikToks. <laughs> so yeah, basically you do a trigger. That's how you promote it. So you let people know that this is happening. And then you release the trigger, which is basically like a how-to. The tutorial of the dance explaining to people what they're expected to do. And then we also did a CTA. We didn't want to announce that we were trying to set a record Guinness. So we did a CTA that was around the lines of we have one hour to make history, something like that. So people got the sense of urgency without specifically letting them know that this was an official record Guinness try. And then we also had support from creators, which is super important for challenges to get a nice base of creators to support it because the trigger kind of lets people know what they're supposed to do, but the creators and the influencers, when they do it, they tell people a reason why they want to do it. They make it cool, or they make it like something they want to be a part of. They bring the FOMO to it. And also the reach, of course. So we deploy that super fast. We launch the trigger and the CTA, and then we launch a lot of influencers within 10 minutes. And then we just hope to get the final number.
2: Right. And you also, I mean, with that campaign, radio stations picked up on it, television shows picked on it, it started becoming kind of thing that everybody was doing.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, we got a lot of media pickup, which was organic, which was great. And we also, once we achieved the record, we did a a press release with publicity. So yeah, and we also supported the challenge through our other channels in Madame, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram which also helped us to let people know that we were going to do this and bring audiences outside of TikTok to the challenge.
2: I find it fascinating that that you and your colleagues can all think of interesting things to do on a social platform and do it. And I'm just curious what the process is like. Kelly, when you think of something to put on TikTok in the US that seems to fit for you, how do you know if it's going to be a good idea and who, who do you get support from and how do you get approval process and all that?
1: Well, luckily, because we're at Netflix, approval processes are very far and few between. So that is my greatest <laughs>
2: happiness. But you don't have to do that then?
1: No, not not really. So I think for the most part, we are, you know, informed captains ourselves and are able to take our own ideas and and determine if we need legals, you know, weigh in. Anything with music, of course, we have to check in on. But from idea to posting can be as quick as just a couple hours. The brownie recipe is a great example of that. But then something like the Project Power branded effect, which was a official hashtag challenge. It was a partnership between myself and the marketing strategy team, Diego Bracamontes, we were like, okay, we've got this title coming. We want to do an official paid campaign on TikTok, but what is going to be a way to connect users with the promise of Project power, which was you could take a pill and have any superpower. So for that one, you know, we brainstormed a bunch of ideas and came up with this idea that there would be an effect that assigned you a power. And then it would be up to you, the user, to use TikTok's tools to demonstrate how that power comes to life for you. So TikTok has this amazing suite of editing tools, and I'm sure your daughters know about it. But, you know, you can really make so much within the app itself. So that was a campaign that was really fun and and a cross-functional effort.
2: Fantastic. Gina, has there been anything like that in the UK?
3: Yes, um, we did one for Fate the Wink Saga, and Project Power was the inspiration for that filter because Project Power, of course, did it amazingly well. So, for Fate the Wink Saga, myself and my colleagues on marketing had worked with TikTok to create this filter. And I will not take credit for the filter, that was definitely my marketing colleagues. They did a great job, but created this filter and employed other creators to use the filter and create. So if you, if you don't know, fate is about fairies and you get like different fairy powers. And so the filter was choosing your power and then they did their makeup or their costume to look like that. And it was really cool. It introduced me to the vast community of creators on TikTok. This was specifically for the UK and it was a filter that worked specifically in the UK. And so it just opened the doors to all of the UK talent, which was awesome. And yeah, it was a really cool experience. I got to work directly with the people from TikTok who work for TikTok UK and learn about all the different things that Kelly's been doing for a long time and sort of is a dab handout. but I had no idea. So it was sort of a baptism by fire, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. And yeah, I'd say that I'm definitely most proud of that campaign. It turned out great and it, and it did really well in the end.
2: And what filter did you get assigned? What magic ability did you get?
3: I was a water fairy, which I'm very proud of. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send it to you so yeah. you can take it. <laughs>
2: Oh, good, good, good. I would definitely do that. (laughs) Uh, I've watched the show. It's totally fun. And I can imagine it being a great way to connect to the content. Yeah. And Jimena, how do you come up with ideas for Light AM? I mean, do you feel the same kind of freedom to explore different kinds of ideas like we've been talking about?
0: Yeah, yeah. We have the same kind of freedoms. Yeah, it's, it's a Netflix thing, right? So we are informed captains so we can lean into risk. If there is music involved we do have to go through a process both with music legal internally but also with music on TikTok to make sure they know that we have cleared the song for our use so the algorithm doesn't mute it or anything weird like that so besides that yeah the ideas come from I work with an agency and I also spend way too much time on TikTok like way too much and because you have to, and you have to be obsessed with it to really understand it. So it doesn't feel weird when you see a brownie recipe, like you get it. Yeah. And that only happens when you spend way too much time on it. And it's it's funny because after you scroll on TikTok long enough, like everything starts to feel like a TikTok in your life, which is super weird. <laughs> I speak in TikTok, yes. I, uh,
1: always in, in a yeah. meme
3: and nobody...
2: Understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Gina, are you addicted to TikTok?
3: Yes. My screen time for TikTok is unbelievable. And I want to tell you what it is because I want to show you how addicted I am to TikTok. And I've been calling it research, but it's not research anymore. Like, we joined ages ago. This is This is genuine. Oh, God, wait, do I want to tell you this, actually? This is bad. Oh, Lord. Okay, so on... <laughs> Right. Last week, I watched 10 hours of TikTok. Wow. Um, yeah, 10 hours. Bear in mind, bear in mind that no video on TikTok is allowed to be longer than a minute. And I've watched 10 hours just last week. So. <laughs> well, it's for work, right? Yeah, Yeah, it's for work. It's totally <laughs> fine. It's totally fine.
2: <laughs> Kelly, I imagine one reason it's helpful for y'all to watch a lot of TikTok is because of how fast trends come and go. And you have to stay on top of them, Right. Yes.
1: What I've what I've started to see happen is a joke will start on TikTok. And then the moment that it hits Instagram or Twitter, it becomes dead to the TikTok world. So by the time everybody else in the world is saying like Stimmy for stimulus check, TikTok has moved on and is calling her Stimberly. <laughs> So I think, you know, TikTok definitely likes to move at its own pace. And, and part of the, the interesting thing about TikTok culture too is that it feels very, very communal. You feel like you're part of an outside community more than like on Instagram where that's really just a bunch of people who I've decided to follow who are more than likely my friends. But you feel this kind of closeness which is, I think, something that's also really different.
2: You know, when I run into brands posting on social media, I get a little turned off. I I kind of get more of a judgment eye on it. Almost like I can imagine kind of getting pulled out of the experience a bit when a brand gets involved. Is that something you're all concerned about? Gina, what do you think?
3: Oh, also such a good question. Um, hmm. I'm actually not, you know. I'm not, however, I can see where you're coming from because as somebody who, I mean, now we know, I watch 10 hours of TikToks in a week. Um, So clearly I'm an avid user and I personally have been on there and have seen particularly those sponsored posts, right? And I've been like, oh gosh, like, and and it does take you out of it. I feel that with sponsored posts in particular, and it's a certain way that it's been done, right? Like if it's heavy-handed branding and all of those kind of things, but if it is a brand page that just happens to come up, I actually feel fine about it. And I I think also that our content does fit relatively naturally into the TikTok space, right? Like it's clips from TV shows or interviews or, you know, things that we've made that, you know, naturally have been made to fit within the TikTok sphere. And so I feel like we fit in pretty well. Maybe I'm giving us too much credit, but I'm not too worried about that as opposed to if we were... I don't know, a clothing brand or a sport, like a car brand. You know, those things, I think, you would definitely be like, oh, okay, I definitely know that I'm watching a brand pages TikTok because mm. they're talking about planes and it's not about, I don't know, the latest TikTok cuisine or recipe that they've got going on. British people, you know, the, the UK and I, we're very, way more, I feel cynical, and so this sickly sickly sweet and earnest approach to things like the brand or or things like that, that's not gonna, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work for our audience. And so whilst I do everything knowing that, you know, it, it has to be for the best for the business and best for Netflix, I feel like we've got sort of this voice, this particular voice for Netflix UK that allows for us to still do that, but still speak authentically to a British audience that don't really love that earnest way of speaking, if that makes any sense. It's kind of the opposite of Americans. We're very opposite in that in that regard. Like, there's no crying, just taking the piss.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so has this been a challenge with both you and Kelly posting on the same Netflix account because it's a language-based thing rather than a regional-based uh, location?
3: Yeah, this is a question that came up in our initial talk about the Netflix UK joining the... Netflix TikTok page and Kelly completely abated any fears about that I was worried that the sort of UK voice would get in the way of an already established voice that we had on TikTok but again going back to the nature of what TikTok is like if you post something on your page it's not just the people on your page that are going to see the content right if it is something that sounds like it's geared a little bit more towards a UK and Ireland audience it's going to reach those people and we've seen that weirdly with things like, I remember when we first started, we were like, why the hell is it that stand-up comedy clips somehow always make it to more people in the UK than any other clip that we post to the Netflix page? And I think that's part of the thing, right? Like in stand-up comedy clips from British comedians, you've got the British or Irish audience. We've had Ashley B on there. You've got that accent. You've got those in-jokes, you've got all these things that relate to that particular audience. And so they will find it. And that's sort of a, a, that's a bonus and a positive of the TikTok platform is that you don't have to worry too much about cohesion because it will find its people in the end. Gina,
2: you seem to be, I don't want to like judge that you're the most tiktok of the three of you, but Gina, why is TikTok fun? Like, why are you spending 10 hours a, a week on it?
3: I just think, oh gosh, the amount of talent that is on that platform. And this is how I know that I'm too old for that platform because the way that I look at it is like, oh my goodness, you are so talented. You're just so wonderful. But I'm just amazed. I see, I can scroll and I'll see a comedian and I'll see people who have generally got legitimate success from just posting silly little skits on their TikTok and have not considered that they could maybe do comedy, but they've managed to garner a small following. I've got people who, I mean, i have been on TikTok for a year and um, you know, in that time, there are people that I followed, or even that came up on my for you page, who, when I started following them or came across them, had a tiny following—had two 5,000, five thousand—and now have hundreds of thousands of followers. And now there is something to be said as to whether that is actually good to just put people into success so quickly. However, I think it's nice that if you're a musician who's been struggling, there's a new sort of outlet for you on TikTok. You know, if you're into comedy, you can do that. If you obviously dancing was the craze if you love dancing you can do that it's just I love it so much and then also the people that I've interacted with on there are just really nice and every social media platform can be toxic this is very true but it's just it seems like when you find the right group of people it's a nice little community and I just love TikTok so I love it I absolutely love it that's my personal opinion sorry I should have related it to Netflix but I love it there I love it (laughs) Well I
2: like that you connect it back to the people being creative and that you enjoy finding this this outpouring of creativity. Yeah. That does seem like a very that matches my like goals in life as well. I want people to succeed in sharing their creative joy.
3: Yeah. So that's
2: uh, that's really cool.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And you know it's like I, the good thing and this is now me trying to tie my obsession into research, but you know, when we talk about doing these campaigns and we talk about you know, a filter and getting creators involved. It's so nice for me to know, like I know the landscape so well that I'm like, oh my God, that person would be amazing. I was literally just watching that TikTok the other day. Oh my gosh, this person has been doing this amazing stuff that you may not know about, but we can do that. And you already have this insight without having to go through an agency who will go through this kind of thing and go through this. But like, you already have your own personal insight. Kelly has people that she follows on TikTok that she will bring to the table. I've got people that I follow on TikTok. Jimena's got... You know, so it's like, it's really cool. It's, it's ah, ah, I love TikTok. It's the best.
2: My guests today were Gina Barrett, Kelly King, and Jimena Gomez.
0: We Are Netflix is hosted by Lyle Troxell. He's a senior software engineer at Netflix. You can keep up with We Are Netflix on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. To learn more about careers at Netflix, go to
2: jobs.netflix.com.